Hello, everyone, and welcome back into the Jets Lab podcast. I'm your host, Joey Bonsanti, sitting across the laptop from me, my good friend, my co-host, Jarrett's Romeo JT. How are you doing, buddy? Feeling relieved, Joey. Zach Wilson finally signed his contract, and it feels like training camp can now officially start. Yeah, even though two days removed, uh, it didn't really feel like it had started. But this giant gray cloud of Zach Wilson was just hanging over everyone's head, um, and he was the last one to sign out of all the uh, out of all the first round rookies, which didn't leave the best taste in my mouth personally, but. The only thing that matters is that he signed. It's July 29th. We're not sitting here, you know, at the green and white scrimmage, and he and he's still not in the facility. Like, I'm just happy it's done, with, man. I'm definitely happy it's done. And I'll be honest, Joey, how far do you think potentially this holdout could go? I was getting pretty scared. I'm not going to lie to you. So at first, I really thought once we got down to th- the three left, it was Slater um lance and wilson not signed i was like okay if we can maybe just move this process along a little bit i'd be happy but once those two signed and he was the only one left i was like damn a couple years uh, a few years back darnold took three training camp sessions to actually sign his contract so i was like i'm kind of iffy here i really thought that it could leak into like august the august 5th to 10th range like right before the first preseason game on the 14th started how are you that's exactly what I thought it would be. I definitely thought there would be that first like open camp session where fans would be and Zach Wilson would not be there. And I was just picturing the YouTube videos and all of the Twitter videos of people chanting, like, we want Wilson and all this garbage. But thankfully, it won't get to that point. But I'll be honest, I the first couple of days, I was pretty pissed off at both Wilson and the Jets organization it's like you have so much time to get this done and it feels like they're waiting until the last minute to really do this kind of stuff yeah and at first I was kind of frustrated at Douglas but I think it goes beyond him I don't know I like to defend him a lot and it is frustrating because I think he must have some part of it he's the general manager but when you look back a few years ago the same thing happened with Darnold like I said he'd missed three training camp practices and he wasn't signed yet. So I think it goes to and wraps back around to Woody Johnson, the owner. I think he has a big say in this. I think there was a mix of Zach Wilson and his agent. Uh, apparently his agent is pretty stingy. So he really wanted to get what he wanted for Zach. And I think with the mix of those two, it, it led to this. And luckily again, in my mind today, I said a timeline on my head. I said, if this is, can just stay in July. If we could do this in July and not let it leak into August, if once August 1st hits and he's not signed, I'm going to be mad. I mean, there was a lot of people on Twitter who were coming out and saying, this is unbelievable. Get him signed. It's not the end of the world. If he, if he's not signed for the first two days of practice, what I liked him there. Yes, obviously, but it's not the end of the world in the grand scheme of things. It's not going to matter, but managed it. Just, he signed it's over. We don't have to think about it anymore. That's the beauty of it. It's, we don't have to think about, but just to go into it a little bit more, even though. No, I want to talk thankfully, about it. <laughs> yeah, thankfully it's all over. But um, I feel like it's definitely a double-edged sword here. It's one, Zach Wilson's agent. I think Zach Wilson's agent, I forget his name. I think it's like Brett something, maybe Brent. But um, he would, I think it's, he's trying to help his brand. I know he was the agent of Joey Bosa. And Joey Bosa held out until the end of August due to offset language. And, man, that would have been terrible if Zach was trying to 
hold out until all the way then. We wouldn't have been able to start with him at QB. But uh, I think that this his agent is trying to build his own brand and trying to say, like, look, well, I got Zach Wilson. This is why you should be uh, represented by me. And then it goes on to the Johnsons. And according to – now, trust me on this, Joey. It's a questionable source, our good old friend Manish Mehta. I feel like we haven't heard his name in a while, but he is actually reporting Jets news again. According to Meta, it is a consultant financial advisor, Ira Axelrod. I'm not sure if I'm saying that, but he is the president of the Johnson Company, which is a private investment management firm who sets the budget of the Jets and controls all of the organization's money matters, even though he's technically not an employee of the Jets. So it's like an outside source of the Johnsons who just handles all of their money. And I think he was worried about giving out an extra $6 million in signing bonus this year with cash flow issues of the Johnsons that's not directly related to football, which is uh, interesting to say the least. That is really interesting. I I mean, it's, it's fair to have consultants and stuff, but at the same time, you know, you're Woody Johnson, this organization <clears throat> just hired a new head coach. We have the whole new brand and brand new regime in here. Things are starting to, to look up, I feel. And now <laughs> within the first two days of training camp, our one piece that we've been looking up to as the uh, potential savior is not signed in that practice. So I think, you know, at the end of the two days when he wasn't signed, I was like, everything was going well up until this point like why can't we just deal with this which should be a small issue a rookie contract why couldn't we just hammer this out early on like i I don't want it to become a habit where you know not saying that we should have re-signed marcus may up to this point but i don't want these contract negotiations to go to the very end it's like you get a homework assignment you save it to the last second every time like you're never prepared it just seems just it's it just is not a great look You know what I mean? That's the big thing with me, too. Apparently, the Jets didn't start negotiations until last week. And it's just, I don't understand the waiting. It's why. There's, like you said, why procrastinate your homework assignment when you know when it is due and what the expectations are? It just doesn't make sense in my mind. And it really drives me nuts as a fan, just knowing that we wait and wait and wait. And it's like a pretty big homework assignment. This is your number two overall pick. He's hopefully going to be your franchise quarterback. This is something that should have been taken care of over the summer, like earlier on in the summer. Like Lawrence's deal was what about a month ago? I'm not trying to to compare it to Lawrence, but you know, or the Jaguars organization. But you know, I, I would have liked this to be done. Now it is done. I'm very anxious to see him out there with the ones. Apparently, a lot of the Jets beat reporters were saying that the offense looked very flat without Zach Wilson out there. Obviously, James Morgan and Mike White leading the uh, leading the way out there with all the ones is probably not the most exciting thing in the world. So maybe getting Zach out there will start. We'll start to get in those tweets. Uh, like I said, I look on my phone all day and I have Connor Hughes uh, notifications on, so I'll see like four or five tweets leak in like. Here's what happened on this play. Here's what happened on that play. I was getting a lot of defensive updates today, not too many offensive. So I'm hoping once Zach's in there, I could see Zach Wilson rips a pass down uh, corner of the end zone to Corey Davis, Zach Wilson over the middle for 15 to, to Keelan Cole or something like that. So 
Yeah, we can we can definitely use those type of tweets. But speaking of Morgan and James White, what do you feel about the backup quarterback situation right now? You know, we talked about it about a month ago, two months ago, saying how we think that James Morgan is could be a viable backup. I think it doesn't hurt to to get a veteran quarterback in. I, and everyone was freaking out how we didn't get Nick Mullins. Um, I was upset, but not freaking out. I think it's it's probably smart to get a, a backup veteran quarterback. And, you know, we could pan over to the Green Bay situation. Now Blake Borles gets cut. That could be an option for us. Like any veteran quarterback that could just give me solid production. I, I, like I told you, I don't need 400 yards out of my backup quarterback. I don't need 300 yards on my backup quarterback. I just need him to snap the ball, hand it off, and run plays and do it at an effective at an effective rate. So I do think that at this point, we need a backup quarterback. It, it's unfortunate to say because I would have loved James Morgan to, to be that guy. It just doesn't seem – I'm not getting the vibe from camp and stuff that he can really bloom into that guy. And I have seen this now before the whole Zach Wilson fiasco, but apparently there were some Nick Foles rumors resurfacing with the Jets. How would you feel about trading for Nick Foles? Again, I wasn't crazy about it. It just depends on the price, really. I don't want to give up anything more than a sixth or seventh round pick for him. If Douglas thinks that and the offensive minds in the building think that he's going to be a really good backup, he's going to fit the scheme, et cetera, then I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just want a security blanket and a veteran presence to an extent behind Wilson. Do you agree? For sure. And, I mean, giving up a sixth round at this point, I'm kind of, I don't want to say don't really care about it, but I'd be okay, like you said, okay with giving up a sixth round for someone, get a solid backup in there. If you do trade for Nick Foles, though, it probably means you're going to cut James Morgan as well as Mike White. but And that will be another fourth-round pick that was just wasted by Joe Douglas and a whole nother conversation about his drafting accuracy. But uh, it definitely seems like James Morgan might not be the backup quarterback we'll see by the start of the season. And I don't want to send this down on another tangent, but looking back to last year with how bad the team was, you could also get into the question of, why didn't James Morgan start a couple games at the back end of the season? You could also kind of intertwine that with tanking and, you know, when the Jets were winless, why wasn't, why didn't we just call the season for Donald, protect him in terms of his health and give James Morgan our fourth round selection a shot to see what he has, you know, can he even play in a football game <laughs> and maybe be our backup for the next season? Who knows what would have happened if we were sitting at 0-10 and, and then we started James Morgan for the rest of the season. We very well may have been at an 0-16 record. <laughs> at this point, I don't think James Morgan can even play in a game, which is like uh, just super unfortunate for a fourth-round pick. You really expect at least a, a rotational starter at some positions or just a high-end backup but it would be very unfortunate if he does not become the surefire backup this season. Once he is, if he is cut, then you're going to get me saying that was a, that was a terrible pick, but until that day comes, you know, maybe he does pan out to be a backup. I still can't say who knows how he performs in camp, but I, I would very much anticipate some veteran or some veteran quarterback coming in here and backing up Zach Wilson via trade via, you know, a signing. I think it's more likely that we see 
us pick someone up. Like if like a a, um, a Brian Hoyer gets cut, maybe we bring him in. Um, just something like along those lines. So we have security. Like at the end of the day, would you rather have James Morgan come in against? Even let's just say you know week four against who do we play? Is it the Titans? Yeah. Week four against the Titans, Zach Wilson tweaks his ankle and has to come out for a quarter. I mean, who and, and we're up 14 to six. Like, who do you want to come in? James Morgan or Nick Foles? Like, obviously, you're going to say Nick Foles. And I think a six rounder is worth that. Just knowing that you could have someone at least protect the lead, someone hold our own on the, on, on the offense side of the ball. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to as a backup QB. But moving on now to another position that's or another player almost that's a little concerning at this point. And it seems that Jets Twitter is split on their opinion of him is Denzel Mims getting reps with the second team. I mean, I think he's going to be fine this season. I do think Keelan Cole will probably start out more as the uh, third wide receiver of this team until maybe Mims gets his feet under him or until we see the offense open up and maybe Mims will have a better opportunity. I think at the end of the day, he will be okay in the grand scheme of things. It's just funny to see how everyone can overreact when he's getting second team reps. Yeah, I was actually asked by my friend Spencer today, like, what do you even think about this? And I kind of sat there and thought to myself, I don't really care too much because I know that Corey Davis and Denzel Mims are playing similar role. They're similar type players. So obviously I feel like the new signing in Davis, they're going to want him to take that quote unquote number one wide receiver role, even though I don't think he's a true bona fide one. Maybe with the way this offense rotates, he's going to be playing with the twos in quotes, but he's actually going to get more playing time than we think because of how much rotation is going to be going on on the outside. So I guess we don't really know, honestly, until we see how this scheme plays out. That makes a lot of sense too. It's like, yeah, Corey Davis is our number one, but we don't really have a true number one unless Corey can prove himself by uh, having the same exact year as he did last year by over 950 yards receiving and all that. But right now he's not really a number one yet. He hasn't proved that he can be a number one. He was with AJ Brown last year and he has a lot to go, a lot of prove to everyone in the NFL. So we'll see how those receivers rotate. I think even Elijah Moore was taking second team reps today. And it's just, we got to see how Elijah Moore rotates in, how Crowder rotates in, how Cole is rotating, Mims, Davis, maybe even Berrios gets in. Who knows at this point? It's also, I think a lot of people are forgetting about Crowder. Yes. Is there a possibility that he gets shipped off at some point this season? It's, it's a very high possibility in my mind. But people are forgetting that he's a very solid wide receiver, so he's going to play a role in this offense. And like we've heard from everyone on the, like everyone in the front office, every, all the coaches say they're going to line Eli Moore up outside. They're going to line him up in the backfield. They're going to line him up everywhere. So I think it just really depends on the personnel that they're rolling out there with. And I, I wouldn't get too worried about it yet. I will be worried if it's week six and I've seen zero production out of him and he's really not getting any playing time. Then, then I'll know that maybe he's just not that good. That would be very deflating too. But I, like I said, I really think Mims will come into his own this season. He'll surprise a few people. Just he can be someone to rely on in that wide receiver three role. But uh, 
Other than that, really, I guess there hasn't been much news coming out of training camp since everything's just been encompassed in the Zach Wilson news. And like we said at the beginning, thank goodness he fucking signed already. And I don't think we actually gave the the numbers of his contract, but um, I don't think we did either. It's a fully guaranteed four year, thirty five million dollar contract with twenty two point nine approximate bonus. So. I mean, just your, your rookie contract. I guess the what was it, the the thing that they were going back and forth about was six million dollars, the offset language. But they kind of met in the middle, and he signed. But so what's today? Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. You get the clean slate next week, and hopefully by I, I just this is where I get nervous, JT. I, I will I will be honest. Like he's signed now. He's officially in the building. He's officially ready to go as our quarterback. So not like I'm going to put everything under a magnifying glass, but I am. (laughs) And every pass he makes in training camp and every tweet that I see in training camp, I'm going to be not like it makes or breaks his career, but (laughs) I'm going to be looking at everything very closely. And if if he's having bad training camp days, it's going to be kind of concerning. So I'm hoping he could go out. He could just ball out and just please Dear Lord, please just can this be it, please. I'm definitely excited for that first joint practice with the Jets and I think the Packers. And I want to see how he approaches when he's playing someone in a different uniform. I think that will show a lot about him too. And But it, like you said, it's every single move he makes will be looked under a magnifying glass. And I really do just hope for the best at this point. That's all we can do. What do you think? I guess this is a random question, but what do you think the game plan is going to be week one at Carolina? What do you, how do you think they're going to attack the defense with our, with this offense? I think maybe, this maybe is kind of know. the offense. What are you saying? I said, maybe you don't even know, but if you had to take a guess, like, what do you, what do you think the game plan would be? I think it's kind of the kind of offense where you really do try to run like the wide zone running scheme where you're going in between the guard and tackle and outside the tackle to spread out that offense or that defense horizontally. And then you, that's when you see the passing game develop. But uh, I really think that first week is going to be more run heavy than we all kind of hope for. But uh, I'm also not expecting the prettiest offense just because it'll be week one rookie QB new wide receiving core. You got a rookie lineman in there and it uh, pretty much a whole new offensive line too. Like they got to gel together. I'm definitely expecting a rough offense, but point wise, I expect at least three touchdowns that first week. I'm scarred from Darnold's debut against the Lions when he rolled out and he threw that pick because at first he rolls out and I'm like, all right, we're going to come out firing. And then he throws the pick and I'm like, this cannot have been or start. But, <laughs> oh man! I mean, if, if Wilson's first play, he's dropping back, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be holding my breath a little bit. But I, w- I also wouldn't be surprised if they said he's ahead of schedule right now. Let's, let's have him sling the rock a little bit week one against the, against the Panthers. But, man, that would be sweet to win at week one. It really would be. It would be, but uh, it's going to be a tough week one game. I think that Panthers team is going to be pretty, pretty good and – I think we're going to be a little, not flat coming out, but like I said, just kind of rough coming out, trying to gel everyone together. I could see a very, I could see CMC good for over 80 receiving yards that day. I really could. I could just see them killing us with the screen. 
uh, killing us with a bunch of dink and dunks and our linebackers just chasing everyone around the whole day and tiring us out. But man, I'm, I'm already getting negative. Look at this. <laughs> Seriously. When was the last time I'm so pumped up for this week? One matchup just because I, I'm hoping we could see competent football. I can't even remember the last time I was this excited for a Jets game. I mean, don't lie. You weren't, I was excited for week one last year, but come on, we all know what we were getting into last year. Yeah. I mean, probably this excited would have been that Jets Lions game with Darnold's rookie year. And man, like you said, as long as Zach Wilson just doesn't make that same mistake Darnold did for his first pass, he'll be a hell of a lot uh, smoother start than that 2018 season. I was pretty excited for the Bills game in 2019 too when I went to it. I think that might have been the last time I was I was that excited for a game. But with the fans hopefully coming back with COVID, I think this is probably the most excited I've been within the past like six or seven years, honestly. So <laughs> it's gonna be unreal. Shall be. I know it's been slow, but any I mean anything else aside from uh, all the MLB news and NHL news? <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of news in other sports, but yeah, I mean Zach Wilson, the deal's done. We're looking into greener pastures, boys. All right, and that'll that'll do it. Episode twenty-five. It's a it's a quick one today. Hopefully, by next week, we can uh, read off all the the Connor Hughes tweets about how Zach Wilson's killing it in camp, right, JT? Oh, hopefully. And if it's not those kind of tweets, then I really don't want to see any other kind of tweets. Yeah, well, it's been a it's been a tiring week, but deal's done, as JT said. Zach Wilson signed, sealed, deliver. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at Holland Hundos, at Stacking Dollars, and at Jets Lab Pod, and also. Forgot to mention, yep, you're pointing at me because I think I know what you're about to say, but we did open up a brand new uh, way to communicate with us, a voicemail. Let me get the number so I could read it out. Um, so the number to call if you want to rant about the Jets, get your voice on the show because we'll play it. Didn't get any this week because it's brand new. 914-458-1897. That leads you directly into the voicemail of Jets Lab Podcast. We will play it on the show. We will discuss it. So, if, you know, say say Zach Wilson didn't sign for the next two weeks and you were just pissed off and needed to rant to someone, you can call that number, say whatever you want. I'll put it on here and we'll we'll discuss it and we'll have a good time. Just make sure to say your name and where you're from and then go on the rant. I really hope we get a few voicemails from you guys. That'll be fun to listen to and to uh, dive into. And yeah, be sure to let us know what kind of topics you want us to talk about as we're entering the second week of training camp. and. Football is, I know I've been saying that it's right around the corner, but now it's literally right around the corner. It's August, boys. We're on the corner. We, <laughs> this is the corner. We are like in the process of turning the corner. But even if you don't listen to the show, there's no reason not to call in. Like I, I know people that would just be willing to probably just call the number and say some stuff just for the, for the hell of it. I mean, I know I've been mad. I think we're going to get more maybe towards the games and stuff where people are reflecting on the games and uh, I'm always for the angry calls. It's fun. You know? <laughs> oh man, definitely some calls with a little bit of life, but uh, when we get into breaking down some of these games, like uh, it's just going to be so fun looking at it, watching every single play cringing at some of the plays it's gonna stop, be stop. <laughs> hey, imagine if we were doing this last year, just cringing at gaze. By the way, uh, quick last thing. Uh, the way Robert Sala has actually handled the entire fiasco of Wilson not being there, I thought he was very professional. 
kept the upbeat vibe and uh, really handled it very in a mature manner and like a leader on the field. And, and on day two, when people asked him, he's like, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, it would be he's losing valuable reps. You know, every rep as a rookie counts like he, he was straight up with the media. He knows how to build that relationship and he, he does a really good job of talking. And like you're never going to he's never going to be put on this pedestal where he says something dumb. You know, he's always going to be level minded and give his opinion, but also do it in a, in a really smart way. I'm curious how I think he'll keep that manner as the season unfolds, but I'm definitely curious to see how he interacts with the players still on the sideline during the game. I want to see that and how he, like after a tough loss, like how he deals with the media too. Cause I mean, the questions can get very redundant and man, there's people that ask a lot of dumb questions. So <laughs> it make me want to lose my cool. Oh yeah. All right. So we'll shut up now. Episode 25. That'll do it. Uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday. And as always go Jets.